The following content is not suitable for children. I got a secret. Ooh. I got a sex secret. Ooh. <laughs> I know. Tell, tell. <laughs> tell all. Yeah, so let's talk about sexual secrets. Sexual secrets. Bam! Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Valley, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? Listen, and let's change some relationships. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. Sex secrets. What are sex secrets, George? Please tell. We all have this erotic brain inside, and many of us think up all kinds of crazy stuff that is fun, and we, you know, we fantasize, we think about everything from A to Z, and many times we keep that inside. We don't share it for many reasons. We don't want to hurt our partner, maybe. Mm-hmm. We, we think our partner would think we're a freak, or we think it's the most exciting thing in the world to share a sex secret. And we're dying for our partner to share their sex secrets and we can't get them to or we can get them to. And sex secrets might be things that we've dreamed about and maybe they're impossible to do together or maybe there's something that we want to do together, but there's anxiety about it. And I think that, you know, sometimes just having sexy little thoughts is a way to fuel your drive, you know, Mm -hmm. the way that you hold it. And what do you think? There's all kinds of issues that we want to talk about with sex secrets. It's not only fantasies. I mean, sometimes we have actions, right? Mm -hmm. We've had an affair. We've acted out. We've done things. So a secret Mm -hmm. is just holding something back. So, you know, what I would hope is to just do a thorough, open up a space for our listeners to think about, you know, what is the risks of withholding secrets? There's, Mm -hmm. There's a cost when we withhold. What are the risks when we share and it doesn't work so well? What are the benefits of when we withhold and don't share? And what are the benefits where we actually do share? I mean, I think there's just so much to this conversation that, you know, a lot, again, couples just don't talk about or don't think about. Mm -hmm. So again, let's start with the risks of withholding, right? When, and I think this is what you were starting with. There's so much vitality and energy up there right? And creativity and fun with a lot of these fantasies. And when we withhold them because we don't want to be rejected or we don't want to hurt our partner's feelings or bring up jealousy, whatever it is, we start to lose parts of our sexual energy that we can connect with, right? It's like parts of us are just not able to be brought into the relationship. Yes. Yes. So you're saying if we're holding back, then maybe walling this piece off from the partnership we can lose vitality. Yeah. If I think about a fantasy where something that excites me, but sharing it might freak my wife out mm. and I have to then turn that off or keep it to myself or, you know, a lot of people go to fantasies during the act of love. It actually causes disengagement. Mm-hmm. I'm not present with my partner because I'm somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is some of the risks of withholding secrets. Okay, so that's a complicated example, George, and it's good because it's complicated. So on the one hand, you're saying if you're thinking about something 
that could freak out your wife, but it comes to you in the moment of making love and you hold that in because you're afraid of hurting your partner or freaking out the moment, it could downregulate your own experience. Is that what you're saying? Like you might not feel as excited in that moment? Well, if you have to push it aside, you might lose excitement. Mm. Or if you want to chase that excitement, you're going to disengage from your partner in the present moment. So if the holding of a secret can, can create distance. Okay, so if you... If you're holding it and feeling excited by it, you're not really necessarily present with what is happening right now. So you're you're losing intimacy in yep. the moment. And what was the other option? Telling the other option is to just try to block it out, right? To just uh-huh. kind of stop it, which then you lose some of that vitality that it was giving you. Your body was going to it for a reason. So the loss of intimacy is is I think one of the big things that could happen in holding a secret. Mm-hmm. But there's also a risk to sharing. And sometimes when we do share, we can hurt our partner. We can get judged. We, you know, it can lead to awkwardness, right? So if, if you know, my fantasy is I want to be tied up or, and I kind of share that kind of secret of myself or maybe I shared experience with a past lover where I kind of, got turned on by that and actually sharing that causes my partner to start getting jealous or start getting insecure or threatened by the information, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to lead to lower levels of engagement. You're sharing the secret because you want higher levels of engagement and what you get is actually the opposite. You get more distance. Okay. So let's go back to your example because I think this is good. Let's say one of those thoughts comes to you while you are making love. And it's exciting and your choice is to follow it, which is to, you're kind of sure that right now is not the time to share it. So that's not a good time. But if you follow the fantasy, you kind of, if you're thinking about some past experience, you're not really with your partner. Or if you go, okay, you know, I I don't want to follow that, but I got to like actively push it away. Then my energy is blocked. Wow. That is a dilemma. No, no good move there. But I would definitely say the sharing of something that is dicey with your partner when they are naked and aroused, like, please use really good judgment here, you know, because if you're going to share something that is going to, you know, there's a good risk of hurting your partner or threatening them when they're naked, like talk about naked and afraid, right? Yeah. You know, that's that's just not smart. So, Yeah you may have to sacrifice some of your own vitality a little bit for the moment in choosing a more opportune moment to share it. Timing is everything and trying to protect our partner, right? Holding that balance. And so we can see the cost, the possible risks of both withholding it and losing intimacy or sharing and it leading to judgment or more insecurity and more distance, right? That's, that's why this is so difficult for a lot of couples they're afraid at some level they know there's a risk and it could lead it can make things worse so again we want to start off by just acknowledging that and we're less scared as therapists we head into these places we see when people can share their risks or when things don't work it's actually the ability to repair that makes both people feel closer afterwards so i guess i want to shift into what are the benefits of sharing 
and what are the benefits of not sharing? Because that also can be true. I think if we talk about the benefits of not sharing, I think this is what you're talking about. Sometimes the timing isn't right and it might hurt our partner and it makes sense to not share. You know, if I have a thought about a past lover, that's really not that big of a deal, but it's just something that my brain gets kind of turned on and thinks about something. Do I need to share that with my partner and bring something new in that might worry them when I really don't need to? It's not like a driving thing. It's this little thing. We all have these secrets that we choose not to. You know, you walk down the street, you look at your neighbor, you're like, oh, that's, that'd be interesting. I'm like, do you need to share that? I mean, I think so many people over-disclose. They just want to like be an open book where, you know, that's, that's going in the other extreme. What do you think, Laurie? You know, the, the most important thing here is increasing your own sexual relationship, the positive feelings, the intimate feelings, the safety, and the excitement. And this is the part of the brain that is kind of getting a dopamine hit on a fantasy or a sexual thought or a sexual trigger that goes, that's a big dopamine hit for me. Would it be helpful to share that with my partner? And this is discretion, you know. I have a friend who is male who says, you know, he can look at the waitress's ass and he can tell his wife about it. It's like, wow, that that woman's hot and she likes it. She laughs. She thinks it's funny. She also knows he's not going for the waitress, you know, but she's okay with that. You know, she basically gets the vibe of the sexual energy mm-hmm. that he's sharing with her. And it's not a threat. You know, it's it's funny to her and she appreciates his sexual energy. So that's cool. But I mean, I think if if you don't have that kind of safety and you see the neighbor and you go, you know, Mrs. Adams was looking really hot in that bikini and your partner doesn't think that's funny or maybe your partner is a sexual withdrawer and is anxious that that you know are you going for mrs adams you know or that would just be hurtful so what do you do with the sexual secret then it does turn you on to see mrs adams in a bikini where do you put that in a way that helps you let's pick this up and try to figure out that balance If you are wasting money on subscriptions and 80% of people are, they forget about them. We have a great new app for you that tracks all your expenses and it'll help you not waste money so that you have more to spend. It's called Rocket Money. It's formerly known as Truebill. So if you really want to know how much your subscriptions cost, most people think they're spending about $80 a month. It's really closer to $200, ick. And I just love that this, you know, has helped me. I have figured out where my money is really going and been able to stop the subscriptions that I no longer need. Trust me, get rid of those useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash foreplay. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars a year. And that's a lot of money. And especially at this time of year, we all need that. rocketmoney.com slash foreplay. Cancel all those unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash foreplay. Okay, y'all, if you want to improve your couple relationship at home, we have a beautiful program for you. It's called buildingalastingconnection.com, couple-connection-system. This is where you find it, and it is this basically a manual, prepared exercises, conversation starters, and you actually move around a mat 
Like you're actually taking literal steps as you take emotional steps to communicate better with each other and also to learn better conflict resolution. This is from an EFT therapist. Yes, Dr. Rebecca Jorgensen, who's an EFT trainer, and Dr. Debbie Gilmore, an EFT supervisor, both really creative, brilliant minds that have a passion for helping couples have these conversations in their own home and have fun while they're doing it. The mad thing's a great idea. Really, you can begin sort of how to share these feelings. You know, you can use it with therapy or without therapy. It's so reasonably priced. You can find it at buildingalastingconnection.com, couple-connection-system, but we'll have it on our website. And if you use the code foreplay, you'll get 20% off, which is a generous offer. This is a super affordable, super great way to begin deepening your connection emotionally and also learning better conflict resolution. Again, buildingalastingconnection.com. And P.S., they have a cool little premarital program. Always nice to start a new couple off with that secure foundation. Check it out. Okay, so hot Mrs. Adams. What are we going to do with that sexual secret? I think it's important to just name that we all withhold secrets. Yes. We have way too many kind of triggers and kind of fantasies and things that happen in our life that, you know, we can't, there's not enough time in a day to share them all. So are you withholding in a way that is going to create distance or is your withholding trying to protect, you know, I guess that's what I'm always thinking about. What's the, what's the service of the secrets, right? You know, if you're going to share, if your sharing leads to success, it's great. But if your sharing leads to hurting, is it so helpful? Mm-hmm. Do I want to hear, you know, from my partner that she's attracted to the neighbor? Like, what would that do to me? I mean, if it's something serious, <laughs> I probably am going to want to know that, right? It might yeah. lead to an affair. I, you know, yeah, I'm going to want to know that. If it's like, you know, this this little passing kind of fantasy, like, I don't really need to hear that. Yeah. And again, every couple's trying to find their balance around. I, I just want to get that across that sometimes there is a benefit to not sharing, to kind of not having a conversation that could hurt people's feelings for something that's not so important. Mm -hmm. If it is important, you're going to need to have this conversation. But if it's something, you know, like with history, some people have this rich history with other lovers that the other partner does not want to hear. Mm -hmm. Some partners do really want to hear. So again, if you have a partner who doesn't want to hear is protecting them by not sharing a really loving thing to do, Mm -hmm. right? The balance becomes when, what if it's a part of you that is important to share, then y- your need to withhold or protect them causes you to lose part of you. Okay, that's complicated. Say, can you give me an example of that? Like the, the first part I get, if the secret or the memory or the fantasy or the observation, you know, or the trigger is going to hurt our partner, we don't want to share that. If it's unimportant and it just... Yeah, we, we don't want to irritate our partner. We don't want to threaten our partner. Th- that is not smart. And you are saying, though, if it's important, which is different than exciting to me, if it's yep. important, you know, I'm thinking about the neighbor, I'm thinking about the neighbor a lot, me and the neighbor are now having coffee together, now me and the neighbor are having dinner together yep. while you're out of town, you know, just by the way, um, you know, all of those things, 
eventually I need to share my fantasy and what that means to us. You know, I'm, I'm missing something between us or whatever. You're highlighting the benefits of sharing. And I think this is the crux of helping people see the opportunity in sharing when the sharing actually works. So if, if my past lover, you know, the oral sex was great and my partner now doesn't like oral sex and, you know, I can't talk about that because I don't want to hurt my partner. Then I lose access to, you know, a big part of me of what turns me on of what my body has liked, Mm. right? Being able to share that secret that no, I actually really do like oral and we need Mm -hmm. to have a tough conversation around it why you don't like it, you know, and and my trying to protect you causes me to lose me, then it becomes very counterproductive, right? That's where the cost of not sharing start to, we don't then get the opportunity of sharing. What if in the sharing, my partner could explain what's stopping, you know, the oral sex. So actually we can make progress on that. I mean, we have so much success as couples therapists with people sharing secrets and getting closer through the sharing of secrets. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, that's a big part of our own bias. It's like, you know, when we talk about affairs, I don't have a lot of success with couples who hide the affairs. Right. I have a lot of success with people who learn, you know, something about themselves in the affair. Their partner learns something about them. They create a different relationship in the working through the affair. So that's a secret. That's like one of the ultimate secrets. And we have so much success, you know, in couples being able to share that. So I guess that's the bias that I usually lean towards, right? Withholding secrets is like a ticking time bomb in your basement that could Mm -hmm. go off, Mm -hmm. right? When you share secrets, we have a lot of confidence of working it through. But I just am inviting all our listeners to think about the pros and cons. Sometimes maybe hiding a secret is in the best interest of everybody. And other times the sharing is actually what's going to lead you to feel the levels of intimacy are going to go up. Yeah. And I mean, the way you said that, though, I, I want to put some some other comments about that. You know, we're very careful sexual coaches as therapists. You know, we're our goal is to create a whole bunch of safety, especially around sharing of an affair that hasn't been shared. I mean, we want to set people up well for that. That's usually always pretty darn painful. You know, so, you know, we put a lot of careful sort of timed safety around that conversation and we help process the reaction and and all of that so that both people can talk about it versus, you know, sharing on their own and it could shut them down. So, I mean, I think one thing I would say about sharing big sexual secrets that have the potential for damage, you might want to go to a therapist for that. And I, I agree that affairs need to be explored. They need to be explored in terms of what it means emotionally in the partnership and sexually. And they have to be thoroughly discussed so that you do get back whatever that purpose for the affair was. It can it can be taken captive back into the relationship. You know, so yeah, you know, I was listening to you talk about that, the secret of maybe a past lover who was, you know, easy about oral sex and, you know, a partner now isn't. How might we share that with a great deal of tact would be my first bit of advice. You know, if if mm-hmm. your partner knew about Jane from college, says, well, you know, Jane was great at giving me head. You know, <laughs> it was messy. It was wild. 
you know, I love that. My body loves that. It's like, woof, now I hate Jane. You know, know? And, and that's not your point. Your point is really to induce me into mm-hmm. a safer, more erotic experience. So, I, I mean, maybe it's like, maybe we don't name the name, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, in yeah. the past, you know, the lovers I was with loved giving oral sex and, you know, they couldn't wait. You know, they loved the way I smelled, the way the, the way I tasted. And that was such a turn on for me. It, it gave me so much confidence about who I was, my body, my genitals, you know, and it made me feel so desired and wanted. And, and, you know, I know you're not that verbal. I know, you know, I mean, to me, that's the sexual secret being shared in a yeah. kind of um, gentle timing. way. Yep. The timing is everything. And I appreciate you're trying to highlight the importance of not being <laughs> impulsive and just throwing these conversations out. Right. To be able to think maybe you need to run it by an individual therapist to just kind of get clear on what's happening and figure out ways of presenting it. You want to protect your partner so your partner could hear the secret because there's there's a healthy drive behind it, which is wanting more engagement. Right. Mm-hmm. The flip side, if we if we're the person hearing a secret, like we want to train ourselves to be more welcoming of feedback mm-hmm. because there's there's good vitality in this stuff. You're getting mm-hmm. to know more of your partner. If you want to protect yourself from information because you don't want to feel insecure, the cost of that protection is you're going to, you're going to have less of your partner. So how do we kind of see both sides see the value in being able to talk about some of these things? You know, when I have couples that can talk about their sexual history and they both feel like they learn more about themselves and each other, you know, they come out of that enriched, right? Yes. But other couples don't want to have it, which is totally fine too. We're just giving you the space to be, think about it more intentionally. You know, what are, what are you two doing with secrets? Right. And I would say, you know, as a sexual pursuer, I actually want to know all the secrets. It's like, Mm -hmm. I want to know what my partner did with other partners. I want to know what he fantasizes about. I want to know what he wishes for. You know, it's like in an exciting way, like, it would be hard for me to know those things in a comparative way. Right. You know, like I'm fantasizing about my 20 year old girlfriend, you know, I mean, I mean, there, there are ways that I I think I can imagine the conversation coming out that would excite me, you know, Mm -hmm. that would turn me on that it would be like a gift. I'm knowing something about his inner erotic life and world that I'm dying to know about. Yep. Those things I think, for most sexual, well, I don't know about most sexual. No, I think you're I th- on target. You know. If you're a pursuer, you're going to probably tend to want to push for more of these conversations, both you sharing mm-hmm. and you're wanting your partner to share. Yeah. And if you're a withdrawer, there's going to be more hesitancy, right? Because there's safety in not sharing, right? And there's value in both of these positions. Yeah. And, but I mean, I, I can see even as a sexual pursuer ways I could get triggered negatively but I'm talking about the positive benefit, the dopamine hit yeah. that comes from my partner, you know, getting naked mentally about his sexual fantasies and ideas and triggers and all of that. You know, think about, you know, maybe you walk in and your partner is watching porn and it's like, oh man, you know, why are you doing that when we could be having sex? But if your partner said, you know, this is why I was, 
I had this, you know, sexual fantasy and you weren't home yet. And so I, I was just doing this. I was thinking of acting it out. And it's like, okay, well, tell me about the sexual fantasy, please. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you want to know those things. It's like, but the, it could go sideways. We know that. I guess I'm, I'm also emphasizing that it could bring excitement. Yeah. And for some of us, knowing a fantasy or something, I, I think knowing their past, big turn mm-hmm. on, you know, big turn on, like, what was your high? You know, what was your worst experience? Even that's fun. You know, anything, anything that tells me about their sexual mind is exciting. Exactly. And that's our message for a lot of these sexual withdrawers that a lot of times they don't even consider the opportunity because they don't want to rock the vote. Right. Mm-hmm. But the opportunity in sharing secrets and the research is really clear on this, that if it's done tactfully and the timing is right, it is going to increase levels of intimacy. Mm-hmm. There's more of each of you to connect with, which is a beautiful thing. So everyone's got to find their balance on what they're comfortable with. Well, we hope some of you listeners are going to say, what's our policy around secrets? How do we do this as a couple? One shares more, one doesn't share so much. Are we comfortable with the balance that we've created? Because most people just never talk about. They have a system in place, but they never actually evaluate that yes. system. Yes, it's and an unconscious system in place. And yep. since it's the new year, you know, we want you to think about making things more intentional, you know, more conscious between the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. What's your policy about secrets? What what's do you your want? policy about secrets? Okay. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Okay, so tell us about your cutting-edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability. Lori, we just keep pushing it, coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical, moment-by-moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough there's talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? Give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. You need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.